welcome to another episode of the Carriage House Planning Report. I'm Casey Folt. I'm the owner and principal of Carriage House Planning. And I want to welcome you today. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, I hope that your, your February is off to a great start. I know that here in the Tampa area, it's been an exciting start to the year. Uh, having the Buccaneers take home the Super Bowl victory, or I guess keep it home because it was here. Um, that was a pretty exciting thing for the, for the area. But being that uh, I'm, I'm much more of, of, a, of a Lightning fan and a Rays fan than I am even a Bucks fan, um, just the past uh, 12 months or so has really just been thrilling for the area. Um, and that's, that's part of what I want to talk about today. And today's episode is going to be focused a little bit more on a, a planning mindset. When we're looking at financial planning, we're not going to be talking about specifics of anything uh, going on in the markets right now. We're not going to talk about anything as it relates to uh, current events or, or anything of the sort. What I really want to talk about today is something to do with the mindset that I encourage clients to keep as they uh, think about their their career, their life ahead, uh, and ultimately what they're working so hard for and what they're planning for. And uh, to tie it in, I'll, I'll bring back around the idea that Tampa right now is uh, not only, as they're calling it, Champa Bay, um, but you know the titles that, that this town secured came as a, a, a product of, or at least due in part to, uh, some individuals who they, they were able to keep their mindset in a good place as they looked at their own careers and their own lives. Um, and, and I'll tie that back in here in just a moment. But what I really want to talk about is, is a word that I've already used a few times. It's kind of a bad word as far as, as carriage house planning sees it. And that's the word retirement. Um, you know, we know what the F word and the S word and some of the others are that we uh, teach kids are, are probably not the most polite to use in public. Uh, but the retirement word, the R word, that's something that's uh, used pretty freely. Uh, nobody seems to scoff too much at it, although it's a word that's it's a bit loaded. Um, you know, the concept of retiring or, or what retiring is, uh, it can mean a lot of different things. But in most cases, it typically uh, includes some sensation or some uh, understanding of, of completion or cessation of, of a certain activity. Um, if, if you retire from work life, which is usually the most common use of the word, the idea is that uh, you, you're no longer working. You're no longer participating in the career that effectively defined a large portion of your life to that point. Um, but of course, you know, when, when you retire, let's say in baseball, you retire a pitcher, um, they're only out for the game, uh, but they are out for the game. They're not going to be coming back in uh, anytime later on in the game. Um, but retirement to, to me and to carriage house planning is kind of one of those, one of those no, no words, one of those bad words. We don't like to use that word and there's a reason for it. Um, because that word is loaded with that, I would say kind of, uh, embedded belief of, of ending something. I think that you're really, you're really hampering the way that you're looking at yourself and your future, uh, specifically if you're using that term to reference your your work life. Um, to say that you're retiring from work can be not only dangerous in terms of setting a belief in your mind that you would never return to work. 
And, and, and it, it reinforces a belief that everyone seems to hold, which is this idea that work is inherently a bad thing that you, that you shouldn't uh, enjoy doing or you wouldn't want to do. And, and I think that that's a shame. Uh, but it's, it's understandable why people have come to believe that. Um, so they don't necessarily see retirement as a bad word because they're looking at it as it's ending a bad thing. Um, but that's not really the case for most people. Um, we have over time really developed, and a lot of this comes as a result of, of our, uh, industrial renaissance in, in America, the manufacturing renaissance, uh, that came as a, a product of the turn of the 20th century and, and a lot of the mechanized, uh, advances that we, that we found ourselves with, we, we, Eventually, and, and this is globally, but we'll talk specifically to, to America, we reached a point where um, being well-versed in a variety of skills and talents, it, it became far less desirable, and instead, it far greater, a far greater favor was placed on specialization. Now, specialization is wonderful. It allows you to... Uh, really define your efforts. It allows you to really put your, your full self into uh, a given uh, skill set or a given career. But where that becomes a bit, um, a bit damning to you long term is a lot of times, and in, in the case of, of some of the psychological studies that have been conducted, some of the behavioral studies that have been uh, conducted, people tend to actually begin to define themselves based on whatever that specialized skill is. So if, if I were to walk up to you, I didn't know you, and I saw you in public, and I said, um, hi there, you know, Mr. or Mrs. whoever, um, if you wouldn't mind, tell me, who are you? Who, who would you say you are? Um, you know, far be it from me to say that you, you would give me, you know, any answer uh, that's unique or, or you know, not unique. I, I'm not going to say that. But what I will say is that more often than not, people will, within the first one to three uh, responses, they will include their profession. Um, is that really who you are? Probably not. No, no. Um, in reality, you're far greater than your skill set or your profession. But for better or worse, it's, it's just a fact of sort of how we collectively think uh, due to the fact that we we derive an identity from something that we're good at. Um, and, and that shouldn't be a big surprise to people. What should be a surprise, though, is when we look at the impacts of that over time and how that ultimately affects us as we approach those years in our life where we're no longer either as good as we once were at that specific skill set, uh, either because we've lost the skills as time has has taken its toll on us or more often than not technologies and advancements have changed the skill set required to uh, successfully do whatever that thing is that's where people end up they, they start to find themselves feeling either depressed they feel themselves removed um, and and it really starts to take a toll on them but that's assuming that they're still working that goes to a whole different level when that individual says, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I've, I've put in my time. Um, I'm ready to, to call it quits and I'm going to go, 
you know, let's say sit in the rocking chair on the front porch for the next however many years of my life. I'm tired, I'm worn out, and I just, I'm ready to retire. Well, the problem with that is, again, if we've, if we've defined this identity uh, by way of, of this skill set or this expertise that we have, have uh, provided to the market through our working life, and I, I mean that in terms of the skills market, now all of a sudden we have hung up the hat on that, and then often individuals have this uh, identity crisis. They, they, they've now found themselves in a position, and it's not immediate, it takes time, but they find themselves in a position where they're looking in the mirror in the mornings when they used to get up and go to work and they go, who am I? Um, I'm, I'm not a, uh, let's say, you know, assembly line worker. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a uh, retail employee, uh, whatever it is that they did, a serve staff. I, I, you know, you can really run the gamut. Um, I'm not a software engineer or technician of some form. So what are you at that point in time? And due to some other factors that, that play into the way that our brains, uh, the strengths and weaknesses of our brains as we age, it becomes physically, uh, and this has, has nothing to do with the effort put into it, but it becomes very hard for us to actually reinvent that identity in our minds. Our concrete knowledge and our concrete memories become stronger and uh, more difficult to overcome, whereas our fluid memory and our fluid intelligence is, is a bit uh, more lacking as we age, and, and that's just, a, again, uh, just a matter of the aging process. So it's, it's even more difficult to find that identity. So why do I bring all this up as it relates to the notion of, of championship or title games in, in professional sports? I bring it up because there are two individuals that really come to mind, and I could, I could probably go to the extent to say three, but there's at least two individuals that come to mind as I look at the last year in Tampa Bay sports, where by not necessarily looking at their careers in terms of retirement versus actively uh, engaging in their career, by taking a different mindset, and, and I'll tell you what that mindset is, these individuals may have potentially uh, achieved a greater success, a uh, higher level of um, satisfaction, and a greater sense of purpose by keeping their mind free of that belief that they were uh, by, by virtue, defined by their previous role or their job, whatever their job was. The first that comes to mind is Jeff Vinnick. This is an individual who ended up purchasing the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, several years ago. But this was a guy who came from a diverse background, really. He, he had a, a degree from college in, in engineering, I believe, but ended up at, for a period of time in the 90s, he had managed a very large a mutual fund, the Fidelity Magellan Fund. And then uh, beyond that, he ended up going on to start a hedge fund and did a lot of, of various types of, of investing ventures. But you know, while there was diversity in his career, uh, by and large, he put in his time and he made the majority of his uh, wealth uh, in a specific field that was investing. And then in retirement, and, and this comes directly from Jeff, and, and I had the privilege of, of uh, hearing him speak uh, 
several years ago and, and, and he said, you know, I, I just retired. What am I going to do with myself? What am I going to do with my life? And granted, he was in a fortunate position having the uh, accumulated the wealth that he did. Um, he had the freedom and the liberties to say, maybe I want to own a sports team. Um, due to some partnerships that he had in his career, he had already had a minor stake in the ownership of the Boston Red Sox. So it wasn't a completely foreign concept, but generally speaking, and, and the joke that he tells is, I went on Google and I said, how to buy a sports franchise. Um, but but this, this is a gentleman who, who retired. He, he had it made. He really didn't. He had no need to work another day in his life. Uh, but he didn't identify himself with his career. He identified himself by way of his other attributes, his features, his characteristics, his, his mindset, the things that really make up who this guy is. And because he kept that very uh, flexible, what, what a uh, psychologist uh, by the name of Carol Dweck has, has coined, um, he has the growth mindset. And this growth mindset was great because what it ended up doing is it led him to go in to a, a sports organization that had some success. The Lightning did have a Stanley Cup win already, but they were fairly young as compared to uh, some of their rivals uh, in the NHL. Um, and their following here in Tampa Bay was limited at best. Um, it could be the fact that we live in Tampa and there's really no ice other than that, which is in a cold beverage. Um, but he, he came in with this very dynamic way of looking at things, radically overhauled not only the team itself, uh, but the management of the team, the coaching. Uh, he went in and, and did a, a lot of great work in terms of the venue that they play in. But all of that was after he retired. All of that was uh, on the heels of his retirement. And it was a whole new career. This is something that he embarked on as a thing to keep him busy. And it turned into maybe what, what could go on to define him in the long run as the owner of the Lightning rather than the manager of a mutual fund or a hedge fund manager. Um, this may be his crowning achievement long term. And it all came after he, quote unquote, retired. Uh, the other person that comes to mind is, is and I, I don't want to belabor uh, his recent success that is being touted by virtually every individual in the pundit media, but Tom Brady. This is a guy who is uh, advanced in his years, to put it lightly, as far as NFL players go. This is a guy who played his entire career on one team, and for all intents and purposes, he probably should have retired, but he didn't look at it that way. He saw an opportunity to move to probably a, a, a far better climate uh, in Florida. I can assure you he saw a far better tax climate living in Florida uh, and, frankly, a far superior um, governmental climate in Florida as compared to Massachusetts. Uh, where he previously resided. Um, but he, he, he saw this opportunity to come into a, a team that is riddled with controversy and, and problems, really. They go through head coaches about as quickly as, uh, you know, you and I change our socks. And, you know, they've had controversial characters playing for the team. Everyone from... Uh, uh, the uh, QB that came out of Florida State um, to uh, the individual who had a, a 
quite a lengthy arrest record and had a very hard time uh, staying out of the hands of the law. Uh, but this was basically a no-win scenario, or at least many would view it as such. Yet Tom Brady comes to Tampa Bay. He is offered, because of his expertise and his, his performance through the years and earning others' respect, he was basically offered a, you know, you call the shots role. And with the assistance, of course, of coaching and, and other staff, he took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a single season from uh, a real rough spot to the Super Bowl victory that they just won this past, uh, this past week. Now, there's a lot more to it. I wouldn't claim to be a, a, a sports historian in any way, shape, or form, or really that big of a NFL fan. But I can say that this is a guy who, on an individual level, he did not see the word retirement as an option. And that's what I want to encourage you and anyone else to think about. Consider for a moment the idea that retirement is not an option. Rather, what I suggest to clients and what I encourage everyone to take on as a mindset is the mindset of working towards being what I call work optional. What I try to do with my clients is get them to look at their lives in terms of when do you want to be work optional? doesn't mean when do you want to retire. First and foremost, it's not a hard and fast date. But secondly, when do you want to retire is this idea of when do you want to stop being who you currently believe you are. Now, when do you want to be work optional? All of a sudden begins opening doorways in clients' minds now, while they're perhaps in their working years, to say, what does work optional mean to me? Do, does work optional mean that I'm going to do the exact same thing that I've been doing for however long or that I've defined my career on? Does it mean that I'm going to do maybe what I got a degree in and I've never actually pursued? Work optional. What does that actually mean? But beyond that, work optional also opens a doorway for a much more controlled time in your life that others view as an, a time when they lose control. Now, imagine for a moment that you are in your prime working years in the 90s. The world's doing pretty well, aside from the Gulf War and you know perhaps some volatility resulting in you know, a number of, of, of things going on. Generally speaking, the 90s were a pretty robust economically uh, time and a pretty robust uh, time socially. Um, now imagine that you're in your late working years, in your primary career, in the primary role that you've defined yourself by and you're creeping up on 2000 and you end up getting this tech bubble burst. Markets are a bit calamitous to say the least, but generally speaking, so long as you maintained a high level of diversification, uh, you probably weren't very involved in your investments. Maybe you're even a pensioner. That's a, a likely case still at that point in time. But you're, you're approaching what would be, again, we're going to use the R word, retirement, and you're approaching it, and then all of a sudden this, this major event occurs. That creates major uncertainty for you, but you weather the storm pretty well. But now you're clipping all along in the early 2000s, the early aughts, and you've, uh, maybe you, you, you moved into a new house one last time, and you've told yourself this is going to be your retirement home. Um, 
you're not too concerned. You you didn't have any problem getting a mortgage. Um, no big deal. You may not necessarily want to go into retirement with a mortgage, but you're you, you do it anyway because the real estate market is uh, a place where you can quote unquote never lose a dime. Um, and then all of a sudden, 2007 begins, and things start looking a little fishy. Things start seeming a little mm, untoward, and you're looking at your savings, you're looking at all the assets that you've accrued through your career, and you decide it's time to pull the trigger, even though things are looking a little fishy. Um, You retire. And then 2008 happens. Now all of a sudden, what was a seemingly uh, reliable track that you were going on may all of a sudden have completely changed. The home that you purchased at whatever amount is now not something that you could liquidate for nearly the amount. You may not even be able to get out from underneath the mortgage uh, and and come out even. And your assets that you've accrued that have been invested are potentially down to next to nothing. Now, um, that's a terrible situation to be in. But if you were to keep the work optional mindset, I'm not saying that all of a sudden people are going to come shower you with job opportunities. But you wouldn't necessarily find yourself in a fixed mindset where you say, this is what I've been dealt. Here's where I am. I'm in a very terrible situation. And now I'm going to go make irrational decisions because I'm, I'm scrambling, really. Instead, if you go into it with the work optional mindset, if you were to have approached your own, again, retirement with this work optional mindset, you very well may have then sat at a point and said, okay, first off, the rational mind would say, even though this is calamitous and unheard of at this point in time, uh, I really shouldn't go off and start trying to liquidate all my assets. That would not be a good time to do it. We're going to hope we're going to get out of this thing. Now, hindsight, of course, provides us the uh, clarity that, that we have today. And we did so-called get out of it as far as the market's concerned. But at this point in time, you may actually find that your your instinct, your your natural course of thought would lead you down the road of saying, I, I, I knew that when I was going to no longer be working in the uh, primary career that I had, I knew that the reason I was doing that is I was ready to make work an option. Now, situations change. Perhaps it still remained an option for you at that time. Perhaps there was no need to go back to work. But because of the amount of uncertainty that uh, was just injected into your life without your own control, you're able to take back some of that control by saying, you know what, I didn't ever expect to really stop working altogether. I've always been thinking because I wanted to get to a point where work didn't have to be a part of my daily life. It's a part of my daily life if I want it to be. And because situations have become a little less reliable or a little less consistent, now I want to work. I just may not want to go do the kind of work that I uh, lost sleep over or was stressed over for years and years. Instead, I've really always had this interest in or this knack for, uh, and and I'm going to be a little corny or cliche here, but let's just say... um, you know, uh, uh, cars. Uh, that that's 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 where carriage house planning uh, is is really rooted. Is in the idea of, of the the motor coach, the motor carriage. I, I I'm hard pressed to ever 
make an analogy that doesn't somehow reference cars. It's a, it's a part of my life. But you've always liked cars. You've always enjoyed cars. That's something that you enjoy doing. Now, all of a sudden, you're in a, a unique position because the economy at this point is in a rough spot. However, it just so happens, and again, hindsight gives us a lot of insight here, but it just so happens that one of the industries that really did exceptionally well post-2008 all the way up until 2012, 2013, was the auto parts and the uh, auto repair businesses. Now, at this age in your life, maybe you're not going to go and, and be a mechanic. That's not what I suggest. But maybe you say, I've enjoyed cars so much and I enjoy helping people with their cars. Maybe I'm going to go grab a job that doesn't pay as much as I used to make, of course, but it's going to give me something to do. I'm going to be out and about and I'm going to be helping people that I enjoy helping. I'm going to be able to share a talent or an expertise or something that I've enjoyed, I've been passionate about. Maybe I'm going to get a job at a at a, a an auto parts store. You know, maybe I can go and, and see, hey, can I can I do some part-time work, you know, helping teach others about, you know, auto repair, something that I've always enjoyed. But the the whole idea is not the specific case that I'm I'm laying out for you. It's more the idea that if you can approach your retirement or approach that time when you no longer partake in the career that you have previously uh, spent your time uh, regularly pursuing, by keeping the mindset that you're working very hard for something, but you are not your job first and foremost. You are an individual with a wide array of unique interests, uh, unique drivers or, or, or impulses, things that, things that really push you to do things, things that really uh, encourage you to get out of bed in the morning. And when you work really hard, what you're doing is you're not working to this finality. You're working to get to the next step where you obtain greater control over your own life. That is what work optional is. That's what Jeff Vinnick did. He said, I'm going to work really hard until I get to a point in my life where I can go pursue some other venture. I'm not going to sit idle. I'm going to do something that I enjoy. It's not going to rob me. Now, by this point, has it robbed him of, of some part of, maybe he's become overly invested in this venture. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not him. But I do know that he has enjoyed great successes as a result of this. Did, is, is Tom Brady playing for you know retirement? No, he was playing as long as it was right for him to play at a certain place. And now all of a sudden, here he is in Tampa Bay, and I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if he's going to be seeking out some type of coaching role later in his life. But these mindsets, keeping that idea that retirement is not this date of finality where your life radically alters, but instead it's a time in your life where you command the control over whether or not you want to proceed with the current track, the current job, the current career, perhaps uh, endeavor on some new career, or the best scenario I often see play out for people is much like the high school kid that takes a quote-unquote gap year uh, between um, high school and college, which is something that I think is, is underappreciated in American culture. Uh, to be 18 years old and to all of a sudden be thrust into this position where you have to so-called you know choose your destiny. Go out there and explore. Go learn. Go get a job for a year. Go work. You can get back to college. 
you know? In this case, though, take some time off. Don't do anything. Enjoy sitting on the front porch. But as soon as you start to feel that urge or you start to feel that boredom, if you're going into it with this mindset of retirement, that urge or that boredom may fester and turn into a much greater psychological decline. But if you go into it with this belief system of, I'm in my work optional years of my life. Working for me is not something I have to do. It's something I want to do. And now I want to go do whatever the next thing is. It could be volunteerism. It could be uh, mentoring. It could be woodworking. But it's something that, again, you no longer define yourself by a given single profession or specialization. You're allowing yourself to be the person that you are. You're giving your brain and your heart, your mind, your, your spirit this freedom to, to be whole and not be confined by the walls that you place on yourself by saying, I am a teacher. I am a, a senior account level manager. I am a whatever it might be. So I hope that this is helpful. Uh, again, this is just kind of a planning tip, sort of a mindset uh, idea, but something that I hope is maybe a refreshing change in perspective. That's what Carriage House Planning is all about. We want to change the perspective about financial planning. We want to look at your financial plan as a road trip. This is something that you're on. It's a journey. The destination matters, but it matters far less than the journey itself. And as far as your journey goes, what we want to be for you along the way in the plan, that type of thing, that's like the GPS. We're going to be alongside you, and if there's an accident up ahead, we're going to be able to say, hey, we need to change routes. We need to go a different direction. We want to be that live action uh, guide that takes you along that journey and is with you and gives you the confidence that you need to enjoy the journey, to be able to look around at your scenery, to be able to see all the great things that you have and that you are working for and working towards, and never lose sight of the goal, but also don't lose sight of the journey itself. Um, I hope that this was helpful today. Uh, if you have any questions, if you'd like to explore some thoughts that you have about planning for your financial freedom and your uh, time of work optional, um, please do reach out to us. You can find us on the internet uh, at www.carriagehouseplanning.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, and that's at uh, ch underscore plan. And... Um, you can also find us on LinkedIn and some of the other uh, various social media channels. But, but do reach out if you're inclined to do so. And uh, I will look forward to uh, the next episode of the Carriage House Planning Report coming out shortly. Have a great day and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Bye-bye.